1: Hello, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. We got a little different lineup here tonight. I'm uh, hosting today. My name's Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, Michael Beck can't be with us today, so I am being joined tonight by Chris Pugh.
2: Hey Chris, there. How you doing? Great. Uh, excited to be here.
1: And Chris is normally on the Steeler Power Half Hour. Did I say that right? I always am like I'm always I always get it confused. Uh, Normally, you can find him on our website on those. But today, we're here on Know Your Enemy. We're talking Steelers Bears with Joey Christopoulos. Got it right this
0: time. We did it. How are you doing, sir? Gentlemen, I'm doing so great, Jeff and Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, quick little background bio on me as we were just talking real quick on the, before we rolled live. Um, I am a Bears fan, uh, born and bred. But uh, I married uh, my beautiful wife a couple of years ago. She's a diehard Steelers fan. So I have in-laws that are just in the Nation, Beaver County. Shout out to the Kurosi clan. And my favorite fact about this is my wife is actually a huge BTSC fan. Uh, she loves the preview and post games. She has actually been a follower for quite some time. Uh, so this is a big deal for me in the household. And this is also a big week for us. There's a lot on the line in terms of peace and love. And I'm happy to be here to talk about it with you guys. Well, I
1: I was actually uh, I'm from Ohio and I'm married a Western PA girl and that's how so it worked out well for me. It was good 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 choice made, sir. Um, you you say there's a lot on the line here. Uh, the Steelers' recent record against the Bears not so great. In fact, uh, since 2005, since the Jerome Bettis runs over Brian Urlacher game, the Steelers are 0 and 3 against the Bears. Oh. Uh, What happened? Was that a curse? Is this like the curse of Brian Urlacher that's being played out here and the Steelers can't beat the Bears?
0: Yeah, if I remember that correctly, that was Kyle Orton's rookie year. He got off to a great start. We were somewhere in like the 7-1 area, and then it was like, here comes the big test, the Steelers at home. And what, it was like a 13-3 game. You guys completely ran over us, ran over Brian Urlacher. And then, yeah, for whatever the reason is, we kind of sort of had you guys, I don't know. I went to the game with my wife in 2017. We took you to overtime, had no business being there. Jordan Howard wins the game. And then, previous thing was 12, 2012, 2013, the Bears scored 42 points, which is some sort of, I think, historical <laughs> fact given our state of uh, current offensive blows. Um, so I can't say what it is. Uh, I have to say, maybe not to be a spoiler, but I kind of like your guys' chances this week. But, um, you know, two teams going in two different directions right now, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, Joey, Chicago's now three and five. They started three and two, lots the lots, three in a row. What's been behind the three straight losses? Is it one thing you can point at, or is there a multitude of factors?
0: It's a layered, it's a layered uh, discussion, right? And let's just start with the first one that when we you know, when we all looked at the calendar heading into the season, we started looking at Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, four in a row right there, and we were like, that's a beast of a schedule, right? Not gonna be easy. We are right in the middle of that right now. The other factor is obviously the Justin Fields factor. Um, he's a rookie right now. We said when we moved along when we first brought him in, and you guys probably remember when Ben was a rookie, there's gonna be some bumps in the road, right? But I kind of keep telling people on our pod, believe in bears with the Blue Podcast Network is if you're not gonna wear a seatbelt for these bumps in the road, you know, you're gonna be banging your head around all over the place. So it hasn't really we've seen some promising moments, most specifically last week, but in terms of stability, consistency. Very much a work in progress. And then finally, the final factor, our head coach and our general manager. We wanted them out last year. They came back. They came out for the encore that no one wanted. And, again, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff that we saw last year that made us so frustrated. Poor game planning, bad play calling. And then this year, some of the same silly mistakes that just bad teams do. I mean, I think we're either first or second in unsportsmanlike and personal foul penalties right now. And just when we get drives going, we'll have that holding penalty or a man downfield. Just when maybe we get a team off the field, we'll do something silly and create a penalty. So it's just in that kind of season. We're in the middle of it right now. And this is a kitchen sink game for the Chicago Bears. We lose this game. Season might not be over. Coach's career might be over. So that's kind of where we're at. He lost six in a row last year. We're at three right now. If it goes to four, it's going to be it's going to get pretty tense here in Chicago.
1: Now, I know Chicago fans are not the most patient uh, or or calm fan base. I actually lived in Chicago for a couple of years when the White Sox won the World Series. I, re- I remember that. Uh, I had some great stories from that series, living on the north side for that series. That was That's fun. That's a great
0: run, Great, great
1: one. Oh, that was. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the coaches, and we've seen it nationally, and a lot of talk involving Mitchell Trubisky. And people want, and a lot of people being like, yeah, maybe that coach was a problem with him. How do you view that whole situation of of Justin Fields, Mitchell Trubisky, and, and the scheme that they have been put into?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Let's just start with Mitch Trubisky and my opinion on him. Um, we had to talk ourselves into him when we when he was drafted. We were like, Trubisky sounds like a Chicago name. Let's wrap our head around it. And Mitch was a good guy and he worked hard, but if you asked him to, you know, throw the ball twelve yards down the field, it was either inaccurate or didn't have confidence doing it. And that sort of got muddled with the whole concept of is Nagy doing the right thing for Miss Trubisky. We've seen moments where they got Mitch on the run, the offense started to work a little bit more efficiently, started moving the pocket a little bit. But it also goes back to the same story of did Nagy ruin Trubisky. In my opinion, I don't think he ruined him. He probably just didn't get the most out of him. Having said that, in hindsight, enter this year. Matt Nagy takes Justin Fields, starts Andy Dalton first. Why? Because I think he's scarred from his previous relationship with a different quarterback. We can't ruin this kid. We can't give him too much at the same time. Forced into action because Andy Dalton got hurt, Justin Fields comes in, and then that Cleveland Browns game happened when Miles Garrett, if the game was still going, would have, what, 45,000 sacks right now? I mean, that was it was, it was a devastating, <laughs> catastrophic performance. Ever since then, the clock has been not can Matt Nagy help Justin Fields. Is just is Matt Nagy the right coach for Justin Fields. We've got a guy that we like. We've got a guy that, that can have progress, can find stability, can maybe become the elite quarterback we've been looking for since the dawn of time. Is Matt Nagy that right guy? We don't want to waste a moment and to your point with patience. We've just had it with Nagy. If he's not going to be the guy to take him to the next level or at least help the rookie out and not get destroyed against teams like the Browns and Buccaneers, what are we doing? And maybe it means that what we should be doing is looking somewhere else.
2: You know, looking at Monday night's game, one of the clear mismatches is the Bears have had a struggling offensive line. And you look at, obviously, the blitz of Pittsburgh, the pass rush. What do you, It's a mismatch, but what do you think the Bears could do to maybe offset that mismatch and maybe fight back against what they're going to be facing Monday night from Pittsburgh?
0: It's going to be a delicate dance. Now, we're fifth in the NFL in rushing. We have averaged 153 rushing yards over the last three games. And that's not just all Justin Fields. That's our rookie, Khalil Herbert. That's Damian Williams. So in terms of this offensive line, you got an old 39-year-old Jason Peters on the left side. Great in the running game. But if you get him in pass pro and ask for versatility and ask him to kind of move and maintain, it's a huge problem. On the right side, we are on our fourth right tackle this season. He currently is our sixth-round pick, Larry Borum. Played solid last week, but he's going to be playing against someone named T.J. Watt this week. So to try and answer your question, just some of that simple stuff that we always talk about. Chip help. I mean, our tight tight ends have been really good at kind of maybe not producing offensively, but at least giving Justin Fields that extra second. Move the pocket. Keep him guessing. Do the best you can. We've been actually bringing out Alex Bars, our, our sixth offensive lineman, into certain plays just to give that max protect that Justin Fields needs. We're going to lean on the running game. I mean, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I think both teams want to run the football. We've actually allowed 160 rushing yards a game over our last three. That's got to be music to Steelers fans' ears. And the idea is just when you take your shots and when you take your moments, you just got to hope you do it correctly. Justin Fields was more decisive last week with the football. Hopefully that can continue. But, again, I think the Steelers' defense is a different beast. So it's going to be a challenge. I don't know if I have an answer for you, but those are the things that they're at least going to try and do.
1: I was looking up some quick stats on Justin Fields, uh, and one of the things that stood out to me is over six games, the only two quarterbacks that have been sacked as much as Justin Fields is – well, him, the only other quarterback is Joe Burrow, who ended his rookie season with a knee injury. Um, Outside of that, the what, nine sacks he took against Cleveland, uh, the last three games has been four sacks apiece. Is this just – Something you know is—is is this his play style? Is this him running around trying to create things? Is this the offense is just—he's just, just going to get hit, or, or is there something the Bears can do to kind of kind of limit that, or are they just going to have to live
0: with you know the pass rush is going to be there? Unfortunately, there's an element that we're going to have to live with. It if you could split the pie up so you know the options that you gave, I would say maybe 60% of it right now is offensive line. But 35% of that is Justin Fields. Uh, those first couple of games, especially trying to get his feet under him, one of the main criticisms that we've had is that in his progression, he is at .4 seconds too late. Get the ball out, see it, make a decision, one, two, get it out, or tuck and run. He wasn't doing that, staying in there just a little bit too longer with a deficient offensive line. It led to a lot of sacks. That definitely happened in the Browns game. In terms of last week, look, we still have breakdowns. You, know, you can bring a safety blitz on us. Justin Fields is getting a little bit better at recognizing blitz, but it's still not all the way there. Again, Justin, uh, Jason Peters, really good run uh, run blocker. Not so much uh, doing the pass blocking right now, not really working out. So I think you guys can be able to get home clean, and I do think you're going to get some opportunities with Justin Fields holding on to that ball, trying to make a play. Those little nuances of throwing the ball, knowing when to tuck and go, it's still coming for him right now, and I do think that's definitely going to be an advantage for the Steelers' defense this week, you know, a rookie on the road playing in Heinz Field, I mean, there's
2: going to be a lot of opportunities there. You know, looking on the other side of the ball with the Steelers, um, you know, the opponents are saying, hey, let's force mistakes. Let's force turnovers. Uh, ben has not thrown any interceptions the past three games, which I think has directly led to three straight wins for the Steelers. Bears have a different defense. I mean, a couple of years ago with Cleo Mack and everything, they appeared dominant. They, As you said, they've struggled this year. How do you think they're going to be able to game plan to try to get some turnovers from the Steelers and attempt to upset the Steelers on Monday?
0: Well, the only way to get back to basics or baseline, if you will, with the Chicago Bears defense is stopping the run. I mean, again, it's just we've been gashed by Aaron Jones, Elijah Mitchell, Ronald Jones Jr., Leonard Fournette. I mean, these guys have just run over us in these crucial situations. And honestly, our biggest, probably one of our keys is if we get you guys in down and distance on third down, third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, got to get you guys off the field. we got to figure out a way to do that. Now, we'll see what happens. You know, last week, Khalil Mack did not play in the game. Foot problem that he's been dealing with all season. They finally sat him down. Eddie Jackson left the game early with a hamstring injury. It's going to be really kind of indicative on this front four for the Chicago Bears to either stop the run or get a pass rush going because I'll tell you right now, and I get a chance. I watch a good amount of Steeler snaps you know, because uh, my better half enjoys watching the game. There's, you know, the Deontay Johnson matchup in this game really terrifies me. Um, I just think he's one of those guys that can we're, we're having problems with assignments in secondary. I think he's a guy that can be all over the field and make some catches. And I'm curious to see our favorite corner right now is Jalen Johnson, second year corner, big physical guy, having a great season. But are they going to match him up with Chase Claypool, that bigger physicality, or are they going to put him on Deontay Johnson? Because whoever Jalen Johnson isn't guarding, the other team has just targeted our other cornerback, Kendall Vildor, over and over and over again. So I'm just calling it right now, Steelers fans, get ready to maybe see number 22 on the Bears tackling one of your Steelers receivers because I think that's an area where they can go. Again, the thing that's going for the Bears on this one is that the Steelers and Bears – Kind of sort of want to play the same game, right? I mean, uh, do we wanna do either team want to take a ton of chances? Are we gonna be throwing the ball down the field? I don't know. Maybe not. So third down's gonna be key. I don't know about hitting Ben necessarily, but you know, at least trying to get into his face a little bit because I know he also likes to hang out of the ball. And the fact that it could be a low-scoring game might give the Bears the only chance to really hang in on this one. How are the Bears linebackers
1: in coverage? I'm asking this because the Steelers uh suddenly are throwing the ball to Pat Friermuth. We, we got yeah. this, this nice young tight end, and we're suddenly throwing him the ball. And and Najee Harris, uh, I, I know he was last week. He He's right up there with the team lead in receptions. Uh, so how, what kind of uh, what kind of defense do the Bears have against running backs and tight ends in the passing game?
0: It's a, it's a tale of two sides, really. Let's start first with Roquan Smith. That's the positive side. This dude is a pro bowler. He's an all pro. Honestly, I know Khalil Mack is still on our team right now, but Roquan is becoming the face of our defense. He is that Devin Bush type to use maybe a parlance for the Steelers. This guy can go sideline to sideline. He can get in the backfield. He can hit a running back. He can guard a tight end. He can maybe even guard, you know, a receiver on a particular situation. I think for you guys, you were going to want to get a hat on him somehow to keep him out of the running lanes or at least occupy him to free that stuff up. Let's go to the other side. Um, you know, it has been Danny Trevathan the past couple of years. Last year with Danny Trevathan, opponents really targeted the tight end position with him because he's smart pre-snap. He just doesn't have that physicality anymore to get sideline to sideline. You can get a couple yards on him and get some easy completions. He's kind of you know given way to um, Alec Ogletree, who he signed in training camp, former Giant. Good player, takes some chances time and time again, but like not really. In that. If you look at PFF, he doesn't grade very high. So with Friar now involved, I definitely think that's something you guys can try and take advantage of. You know, I just think that on that particular side, it's not as strong as Chicago Bears defenses have seen in the past couple of years. That could also be an area where maybe they're also trying to just stay in the box and trying to stop the run. Maybe that's where Friar could come in.
2: We like to talk about forward Steelers in the NFL, and one guy that a lot of Steelers fans wanted to pick up before the season, Jesse James, ended up with Chicago. What do you think of
0: Jesse James? Is he bringing something to you? I love him. I love him. I don't know why I'm getting the most excited talking about the Bears, talking about Jesse James, but you're right, man. We picked him up um, during training camp immediately. If you go on, like, your Twitter or whatever, you're checking out what's happening at camp, him and Justin Fields have this amazing connection. He's making all these plays. He's just been a really solid, calming presence for Justin Fields in the passing game. And here's the part is everyone says, hey, where's Cole Komet, the second-year guy out of Penn State that we drafted? The, the rub with him has been – he's actually been a really great pass protector. It's almost like we can't – we have to keep him in the box to give Justin Fields some space before we unleash him out there. Now, we've been targeting that guy four or five times a game the last couple of weeks. He has started to make a couple of plays. But it is, again, when in doubt, Jesse James, number 18. Very weird number uh, for a tight end. And even for Jesse James, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, again, he's a guy that can make just a couple of plays. You know what I mean? He's not going to be on anyone's fantasy team. Might not make the highlight reel, but if you're a diehard fan watching it week to week, he'll come up with those couple of plays that are huge. Just keep those drives going. Um, I'm all bored. I mean, Justin Fields loves him. He mentions him by name, you know, when they talk to reporters week to week. So it looks like he's at least going to play a role for the time being.
1: Another former Steeler happens to be on the Bears that uh, fans did not want back uh, this past season. Artie Burns, has he has he done anything on the Bears?
0: <laughs> Breaking news, Jeff. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. no yeah. Look, and that's the that's the worst part, too, is, um, you know, when you kind of get inundated with another team. And, you know, I've been watching some Steelers now for the last four years, you know, almost every game. Right. And sometimes when Artie Burns signs, my buddies will text me and they'll go, you know, hey, this is good news. Right. Reclamation project. Maybe he can buy. And I go, guys, no, 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 this is not. <laughs> not <that> guy. <laughs> this is not great news. I know too much. I know too much already. No, they wanted him to play a role in training camp. Um, It hasn't worked out. Uh, He doesn't see a ton of snaps. Um, Unfortunately, I think if we see him on the field Monday night, I mean, there's probably an injury or something's gone wrong, and it's not good news for the Bears.
2: I do a silly uh, show where we talk about Steelers' opponents. We make fun of them, poke fun at their history and everything. I'm still hearing a lot about Dicka. What do Bears fans think about Mike Dicka? Are are they over Mike Ditka, Or are we still excited about Mike Dicka in Chicago? Uh
0: you can never be over your Lord and Savior. Um okay. you know, <laughs> it's just hard, it's hard to drop him. Yeah, you know, look, I um it's it's a joke. It's definitely a joke. I think the funny part, and it's there's a sadness in it, right? Is that this fan base still very much deeply clings to that 85 Super Bowl, and we still there are still a lot of people that are diehard Bears fans that wish that we just went back to playing that way. You know what I mean? With punky QB throwing the ball down the field, running it in an amazing defense. I just don't think we're ever going to see that kind of defense uh, anytime soon. It was a pretty special one. Um, in terms of Dicka, the diehard Chicagoans, it's a mixed bag, right? Um, I will just say that, you know, there's been some questionable life choices and some choice words uh, over the years. That make the uh, the Aliquippa kid uh, maybe not as um, maybe not as a regal or as uh, you know someone that we hold up to as high of a standard, but again, it's just kind of like um, you know it's the same thing as Harry Carey. You know, it really is kind of an identifier of a mentality and a time in Chicago sports that we all really treasure. So um, you know, when in doubt, uh, when the Bears are in a losing streak, slap on a mustache, put on some aviators, slick the hair back, and uh, give it your best go.
1: One of the things I used to tell my, uh, one of my coworkers in Chicago that, that stood out to me about Chicago Bears fans is the way I put it was like, you're either Walter Payton, Michael Jordan, or you're a bum. Like, there's no there's no in between. You're either the best player on the field and you can just dominate or, you know, get that guy off the field, he's a bum. Do the Bears have anyone that's not a bum right Do they have anyone that really stands out as being like, this is the guy that can that can really – Take over
0: a game. Well, this is, I mean, so first of all, let's just start with probably what's going to be relevant for Monday night football. Um, If you guys haven't gotten a chance to really check out Khalil Herbert, the rookie that we've been starting at running back the last couple of weeks. um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. This guy hits the edge with first. I think he's got a home run hitter mentality that we haven't seen on the Chicago bears in quite some time. And he's a rookie. David Montgomery doesn't look like he's going to play in this game. Solid running back. We're definitely going to have him around for the next couple of years as part of our core and then beyond that, you know, we really, you know, to be honest with you, I was in love with Khalil Mack when we got him. And he's a fantastic player, but I'm just in reference to what you're talking about. Khalil Mack doesn't really talk to the media. You know, maybe he's just a shy guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that personality. But to become – he could have been the Walter Page or the Michael Jordan in this town. Could have been on the billboards, you know what I mean, Brooks Brothers, or doing whatever kind of advertising that was cool back in the 90s. Um, and he just hasn't embraced that role. And for that reason, you know, it kind of sort of – dimmed his star a little bit just a little bit in Chicago maybe open him up to some more criticism along the way um but you know it's yeah it's tough I mean Payton and Jordan are on a Mount Rushmore right and I think at this point you know you could probably play that game with the baseball teams uh but you know that's split you know what I mean there's White Sox fans and Cubs fans so it's hard to put Anthony Rizzo on Mount Rushmore it's hard to put Paul Canerco up there or even Frank Thomas on a Mount Rushmore because the city's kind of split and everyone's, uh, and everyone's Bears fans. So hopefully to answer your question, it is Justin Fields. I mean, I don't know if you guys are going to be able to get the best grasp in the world of what this kid's going to be. Because I don't think we, any of us know what it is yet. But the dude is calm. The guy is really confident. And he has elite, elite skills. So that's what I'm holding on to right now. That's what I'm writing Santa for for Christmas. That uh, hopefully Justin Fields can become that guy. Become the third guy in that picture that you're talking about. If I can follow up real quickly, because I was looking at uh, quarterback stats
1: in the last like ten years, uh, in their first six games played, right this year, and Justin Field's stats are right in line with two quarterbacks, and I thought it was the coolest thing in Chicago like Bears history. Or
0: in Chicago Bears history, or just no, in just-, just
1: in the league in the last ten years, in the NFL in the last ten years, the two quarterbacks closest to him in his stats, Vince Young, no, Ooh. Josh Allen. Wow, okay. First six games. And the other one, Devlin Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and there you go. Like, where's Justin Fields going to end up? Hopefully not the CFL, you know?
0: <laughs> if you if you said Landry the bartender Jones, I was going to lose my mind. Uh, yeah. I, was still yeah, it was- I was like, oh, so the bartender's playing quarterback for you today? Cool. Right now, Devlin
1: Hodges and Justin Fields' first six games are comparable. As well as Justin Fields and Josh Allen. So in three years, he could be in the
0: CFL, or in three years, he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. You know what? I'm so desperate. I'll take that bet. (laughs) 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 Chicago Bears quarterback, I I will take that bet. Can I throw something at you guys? Can I throw a question to you guys real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just curious because, you know, you guys got the Lions coming up after this game, right? And you're looking at this now, this next little two-game stretch, and you're saying to yourself, well, hey – You know, we've fought back from a little bit early adversity, and now we have an opportunity now to really kind of make a case, not just in the AFC North, but maybe in the playoff hunt. Is there anything – I mean, or there has to be something. What specifically kind of scares you about either how the Steelers might play or what the Bears might do heading into Monday? Are there any concerns about the Steelers?
2: You want to start with us, Chris? Yeah, I just don't want them to overlook Chicago or Detroit. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are two winnable games – these are games that the Steelers could be six and three afterwards. The schedule just gets hellaciously difficult after, you know, Chicago Detroit. So don't overlook them. You know, beat these two. Um, unfortunately, the Steelers have had that um, issue in the past, but sometimes to lose games, they should win. So, you know, got to get through these games, got to win these games, and just face a tough part of the schedule.
1: Yeah, Tomlin's What worries me is that we can't beat the Bears. In our history, really, in Steeler history of all teams that we have played more than like three times, right? That was, that was Mike Glennon in 2017, too. Never. Forget yeah, that. we have the worst record in our history against the Bears. That is the worst team. We Our record against the Bears is the worst in franchise history. Yeah, Now, like, a lot of that history, comes right? before 1970, right? A lot of that comes before Chuck Knoll when the Bears were dominant and the Steelers were nobody but even though we still can't we're 3 and 6 in the last nine matchups since like 1980 we're 3 and 6 it's it's not good we just find ways to lose to the bears and if you look at the games none of them make sense yes. not a single steelers bears game in the last like in my lifetime makes sense even the 2005 game, Jerome Bettis is washed up. He comes out, and he's like, I got one more 100-yard game in me. i run over Brian Erlocker and single-handedly win this game. And It was great, It was, but it doesn't make sense. None of them make
0: sense. Speaking of not making sense, who's kicking field goals for you guys? Is Big Boy kicking field goals for you? Who's it going to be this weekend?
2: Josh Lambeau.
0: Josh yeah. Lambeau. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Impressed. You know, up
0: for blood. And it could be
1: – and really, that could be it. Like, if the Bears can keep the Steelers out of the end zone,
0: that well, could be how we lose well, this, this game. Where do you trust him? Like, is Josh Lambo going to come in and you're going to trust him to kick a 49-yarder, or are you going to be going for it on a fourth and seven because you don't trust that? Those are those little moments, too, that can maybe swing, you know, swing a game in a different direction.
1: Yeah, that's something that definitely worries me is the kicker
0: situation
1: because Boswell was just – Boswell's been amazing.
2: Well, and I'm hearing there's a small chance Boswell could be ready by Monday night. I'm tending to doubt that. But, you know, Lambeau's the third most accurate kicker in NFL history. I mean, I wouldn't go all in on Josh Lambeau, but, hey, the guy kicker that can kick field goals when they need to. And, and I, if it's a tight, close game, you need that field goal kicker. And, hey, I'm not – I'm confident. I think Josh Lambeau could do the job for them. And hopefully Chris Boswell comes back soon.
1: All right, so we only got a few minutes left here. Uh, but I want to ask you, if there's, if there's one area in this game where you think the Bears have a clear advantage over the Steelers, roster-wise, position-wise, whatever, where, where would that be? Where can the Bears really go after the Steelers?
0: Mm, go after the – well, so what's going to have to happen, and this is going to happen, is we're going to run the football. And it really is going to be a matter of I don't know if that's an advantage with a Cam Hayward and a T.J. Watt and a Highsmith playing the way that he is right now. I I don't know if I'm going to call that an advantage. That's just going to be a a mano-a-mano war of attrition. Who's going to win because we're going to run the ball at least 20 to 25 times in this game. And then then conversely to that, it's just going to be really about can you guys contain Justin Fields? And, look, I hate to do it. The guy's only got a couple starts under his belt. This is kind of where we're at. The Chicago Bears – last in the NFL in points per game, last in the NFL in pass yards, last the in the NFL in a lot of different offensive categories right now. And if you could say to me, is Justin Fields maybe the best athlete on the field when he is out there on the field, you can maybe talk me into it. Or at least we can have a debate about it. That's probably the one area where they could beat up on those Steelers is get them thinking on those RPOs. He finally kept a couple RPO keeps last week against the 49ers And that threw them all out of whack just because he guessed correctly in that moment. Can we get in those situations? Can Fields make the right calls and have those RPO keepers and really kind of throw things out of whack a little bit because then that might open up what we could maybe possibly consider a passing game and hopefully can be able to go line for line with you guys. And then the other one is just can we in those down and distance moments get to Big Ben? And can we, you know, can we over time – Because I just don't think Big Ben's taking those big shots anymore. I mean, he's hit a couple in the last couple weeks, right? But it's few and far in between when he takes those shots. So it's going to be about those down and distance moments for me. Keep them long. Try and get a position where you can either take him down or get him to make a mistake. And, you know, obviously I think you guys are going to go for it a lot on fourth down too, as well. So I'm going to throw that into that category too. So hopefully Justin Fields can be an X factor. But, again, a lot to put on a rookie's shoulders. Do you think – Khalil Mack is playing in this game. Do we know yet? Is is What's his status? My my take on this is uh, the last couple of years, Khalil Mack is a walking questionable during the week. he's either has a shoulder, he's got an elbow, he's got a leg, he's got a foot. Every single week he somehow suits up and plays. For me, I, this is my personal opinion, I'm just really, 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 really concerned that he did not play last week. You know, it's got to be that bad. You have a bye week next week. If I'm a betting man right now today, I'm saying no. They're going to sit him. Go through the bye week. Hopefully, see where we're at with the Ravens the week afterwards, and maybe go from there. I would be a little bit surprised if he does make it. Looks like Akeem Hicks is going to play. Looks like Robert Quinn's good to go, so that's a good news for the Chicago Bears. But Khalil Mack, I'm not so sure, and I'm trending towards no right now.
1: Okay, and one last thing before we let you go here, uh, we like to get a, a pr- prediction on the score.
0: Yes, Do you have a prediction for this week. I gave one out. I gave one out earlier today, and it's going to be 1916 Steelers win. Um, at this time, you know we're at this point where we're starting to get excited about Justin Fields, but can he turn you know field goals into touchdowns? I'm not so sure right now. I think you guys can do enough in the running game, you know, to sort of keep us at bay. We'll play, be playing catch up. And, again, if you guys don't make major mistakes in this game, you're going to win because our tendency the last three weeks, four weeks specifically has been we've been making dumb mistakes in the wrong moments that all of a sudden we have a second and 21 out of nowhere with a rookie quarterback back there. Not a great recipe for success. Uh, It's going to be a low-scoring game. You guys, I think, are the 26th highest-scoring offense. We're the 31st. Let's go. Monday Night Football. Uh, Bring your own fireworks because they might not be in the field, but I am going the Steelers this week, 19-16. to
1: All right. Thank you very much. Uh, We're going to take our break. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, just stay tuned. We're going to be right here. If you're on our podcast listening to this, switch over to part two. Thank you, Joey Christopoulos, for joining us. And uh, we'll take our break and we'll be right back.